Good morning and welcome to the Hometown Hour, your Tuesday show all about Mooresville. I am Megan Suber, Director of Communications and Marketing for the Town of Mooresville, and with me today are two very special guests. I have David Cole and Will Washam from our Planning and Community Development Department. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Glad to be here. Well, if you are a longtime listener to the show, or if you're new to the show, you'll know that um, we do a little thing before we start talking about our topic of the day, and it's called One Good Thing, and it's just sharing one good thing that's happened within the past week or so. Um, just kind of break the ice, get the show started on a good note. So I'll go first. One good thing um, in the past week is that yesterday our new interim town manager joined the town, Jim Landon, um, who recently well, he served in really a lot of capacities and a lot of town manager, city manager capacities, a huge wealth of experience and background. Um, but he joined the town um, effective yesterday. So he's brand new, excited to get uh, started Get the, uh, hit the ground running and all the good things. So we're we're glad to have him. Yeah, welcome, Jim. Excited to have him on board too. I haven't met him yet. I guess yeah, his first day. So meet him soon enough. Yeah, full of meetings your first day. Full of getting signed into your computer and all the all the good things. Well, I had a pretty good thing last week where our seven month old baby girl Shyla came out to dinner with us successfully. <gasps> oh my gosh, That's congratulations. Yes, that was a big thing. Uh, we went to the Savannah Oyster Company, oh. which is a new restaurant in Mill One in downtown Mooresville. I've had the, the chance to try it. Very good. Yeah, it was delicious. My wife and I love oysters. Uh, my mother-in-law came, baby Shyla was there, stayed entertained the whole time, tried a little bit of grouper, Ooh. and um, yeah, it was a great baby. So that's a good thing for us. Well, congratulations, Dad. This is the first of many outings, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> um, so for us, we um, we have a similar child story. So um, our two-year-old went down the big slide at Liberty Park recently. Oh, Go Kylie! So she finally got it. She'd been... Went down the correct way? Yes, the okay, correct way. excellent. Um, wasn't going down face first or anything. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So she was very proud of herself, and we're proud of her. So she's been eyeing that for a while. Good job. Big achievement. And yes. now you just have to watch out for when she wants to go up the slide and you have to be like, no, you can't do that. Probably... Remember when you were little <laughs> and you were trying to go down the slide. Don't be that kid. She'll probably try that next week. She probably Thank will. <laughs> well, guys, planning and community development. That is, first off, a mouthful of a department. And I know that you guys handle a mouthful of things. You handle all different kinds of things around the town that have a huge impact on the town of Portsmouth and what we do. So tell us a little bit about planning and community development. What is the department? What does it handle? And, you know, why is it important to plan communities and their development? Yeah, I'll, I'll start us off, David. Um, like you said, Megan, we do a number of different things in the planning and community development department. Um, we cover, first and foremost, what I think folks probably see um, most in their day-to-day -day lives is we administer the town's unified development ordinance, which mm -hmm. is the zoning code, and that shapes how new developments come to be in Mooresville. Sure. So residential developments, commercial developments, and this is everything from 
you know, a new house on one lot, so kind of your smallest scale of new developments happening in town, uh, to an upfit of a commercial space when a new business comes to town, and then to those larger projects, so a new mixed-use development, an entirely new residential subdivision, um, a new building downtown, which I know mm-hmm. we'll talk about later. So that's our UDO administration. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we also do long-range planning. Mm-hmm. Um, and David, we've got a big long-range planning project coming up, the update of the One Mooresville mm-hmm. Comprehensive Plan. That's right. Yes. Um, so planning you can generally divide it into two areas, right? So there's that day-to-day development and then the long-range element, which is really getting an understanding of what do you as a community want to be in 30, 40, 50 years. Mm -hmm. And what we do is we take that long-range vision based on public input, based on all the information we have, um, and we refine it into a document called a comprehensive plan or mm-hmm. comprehensive land use plan. Um, and so that is one of our big projects we're looking to do is update our comprehensive plan, which uh, was last adopted in 2019. And oh, so much has changed since then. So much has changed. I mean, in, you all in the Lake Norman area know that 2019 is a long time ago um, in terms of development. So uh, we're going to take a look at that, take a look at what's changed in our community. What are our community's priorities? Um, and that document will then, once it's prepared and adopted, um, mm-hmm. it will help us determine how to handle future rezoning cases, future development projects. We then take that vision and adapt it to regulatory documents like our UDO. Um, so just for, for clarity, for all of those listening mm-hmm. out there that may not speak planning, yes. including <laughs> me sometimes, um, comprehensive land use plan is like the big overarching mm-hmm. vision. Yes. There's a lot of input that goes into that from a lot of different stakeholders, community members, um, and that is like the long-range document. The UDO helps support that document mm-hmm. and make sure that document comes to fruition. Is that correct? That's correct. And the UDO, again, um, if you're just joining us, is the Unified Development Ordinance, which is the guiding um, zoning principles for the town and land development um, principles for the town. Now, um, how is that determined? Who comes up with that? Is that just Will Washam saying, hey, I think that we should build all the department, all the apartments ever in the town of Mooresville? Let's go after that. Or is there... Is there some guiding principles behind this? Who's the decision maker? And then who's the enforcers for this? Yeah, that is a great question. So um, we established the community's long-range vision in the comprehensive plan. Mm-hmm. And within that comprehensive plan, as David mentioned, there's our long-range land use plan. Sure. So we look at each area of town. What do we have there today? And then what could we um, see there in the future? You know, Mooresville is a town that has, you know, a few different uh, primary activity centers. You've got Morrison Plantation on the west side. Of course, you have downtown on the east side. We've got Langtree, and we've got a great community right now. And what can we add to complement what we already have? Once we have that vision together, the UDO um, sets the zoning map for the town. So these are like, this is where the rubber meets the road. This sure. is the real rules. What can you definitively do here? Or not do. Or not right. do. Yeah, you know, um, all property owners in North Carolina have their basic property rights um, that are given by the state legislature. And then that's where our zoning comes into play. And it really interprets that long-range vision into actionable items. So if you call the Planning and Community Development Department, uh, David might answer the phone, I might answer the phone, and you ask, hey, my property on 
999 Williamson Road. You know, we've had it in the family for a long time and we're considering selling it. What can be done here? That's where the UDO comes into play and helps give us guidance um, on what you can do by right. Mm -hmm. um, and then it also helps us project, um, you know, future growth for the town, what kind of infrastructure we might need, water, sewer, um, and everything along those lines. Awesome. Well, I think we have a caller on the line. Um, if we could take that call asking questions about planning and community development already, guys. All right. Spurring questions. So good morning. Welcome to the Hometown Hour. Hey, Megan. It's Justin. How we doing? Hey, Justin. Good morning. You got some questions for us? I do. So thinking through kind of the way the comprehensive plan and UDO for vision casting and for the future, how do you guys as planning staff and as town um, deal with potential conflicts between the two plans where one may say one option and the other says another? Are there points where there's crossover and how do you work through that process? Um, I know you got to go to break, so I'll, I'll end here, but really enjoying the show, and I appreciate y'all's time. Absolutely. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, we will um, answer that question when we come back to break. Thanks so much for calling in. Stay tuned, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. So welcome back to the Hometown Hour. In our last segment, we had a late call-in from Justin asking questions about conflicts between the Comprehensive Land Use Plan and the UDO. And if you're just joining us, this is all planning and community development speak. We have Will Washam and David Cole from our planning and community development department here today. And David, you said you would tackle that question. Mm -hmm. So what um, happens when we have conflicts with the land use plan and the unified development ordinance, the UDO? Absolutely. So um, these are two very interrelated plans, but they do different things. So the comprehensive plan is more visionary in nature. Mm -hmm. It's not a document that regulates land, right? So it's sure. us just establishing that future vision and doing, you know, trying to follow it. This is where we want to go. That's where we want to go. This yeah. is where we see ourselves. The UDO is a regulatory document. So the yeah. UDO is adopted by the town board mm -hmm. and set to be enforced by the PCD department. So ultimately, when there's a conflict between the two, the UDO is that document that governs. Um, what you can and can't do on that land. So the UDO is law for the town once yes. the town board approves it. That's and then correct. the uh, planning and community development staff enforce that law. Mm -hmm. And if that law needs to be amended or changed, mm -hmm. there is a process for doing that as well. Absolutely. Um, so if you're a property owner and you see the UDO says one thing on your property, but the comprehensive plan says another, you can ultimately um, approach the department and then the town board for what's called um, a map amendment um, or a rezoning. Mm -hmm. So really what that does is you'd be saying, hey, the comprehensive plan says, you know, maybe commercial is more well suited on this property, mm -hmm. um, but I have residential zoning. Well, you know, there's always an opportunity to change that and come into closer alignment with uh, the comprehensive plan. But that does require amendment um, of the zoning map on your property. Absolutely. And we mentioned um, zoning earlier. Will, you were talking about like selling some family land. What can they do with it? Um, something that I think a lot of people don't know is with zoning, there is by right and conditional mm -hmm. zoning for properties within the town of Morrisville and all across the state. So correct me if I'm wrong, by right zoning, if, it, if your property is zoned commercial, let's say, mm -hmm. and you want to put an Arby's on it, technically you can. 
because it's, it is zoned that way. That's correct. So if the zoning allows it and you just have a buy right zoning on your property, you can do it. Um, Regardless we, of what your neighbors think. That's correct. <laughs> now, about conditional zoning, that is something a little bit different. You can't just put that Arby's on that property. You have to go before the Board of Commissioners, in our case, in the in case of Mooresville, and get it approved. Is that correct? Uh, that's correct. So if the UDO says conditional zoning is required on a property, mm-hmm. you can't just come into our department and get a site plan approved to build it. You have to go through a zoning process uh, where the town board ultimately gives the yes or no vote. And oftentimes that vote is based on what the comprehensive plan says. Cool. So this is a way that we kind of control what is developed within town, within reason. But then again, there are times that we can't control with that by right zoning. Correct. Um, If the development that is planned for a certain property meets the zoning regulations, there is nothing that the town can legally do to say, you can't put that Arby's there because of the, Mm -hmm. the property is owned correctly. Yeah. But what I do want to emphasize is that the UDO is crafted intentionally. So yes, there's buy right development, but let's say the Arby's example, we'll just roll with that. We're just rolling with it. There's an Arby's <laughs> coming and I mean, I love some roast beef, so I'm happy about an Arby's. However, this site, let's say there's no sidewalk on the road frontage from this property because mm-hmm. it hasn't been developed yet. Well, our UDO says that, hey, when a buy right development comes in, mm-hmm. you have to upgrade your street frontage you know, because we want a connected sidewalk network for the town. So mm-hmm. that property would have to put in the sidewalk. Um, that property would have to street, uh, excuse me, treat their stormwater. So they're going to add impervious surface to that property. And then the UDO says, well, as our town develops, we want to maintain a high level of water quality in our creeks. So we have stormwater measures. You need to maybe put a pond in. So all mm-hmm. the stormwater is directed to the pond. It can mm-hmm. filter into the ground um, and provide us with a higher level of water quality. We also have tree save um, preservation in our UDO. So you can't just clear cut the site. we got to save some trees. So I, I just want to say it's not that we can't control as a town. You know, there are some uses that are allowed by right, but the UDO gives us a framework to where we get high quality development. Mm-hmm. That's a great point of clarity. So the Arby's can still go there, but it's going to need sidewalks. It's going to need stormwater mm-hmm. control. It's going to need um, tree front- frontage or foliage. And even if it if Arby's is a hot thing in Mooresville, then it's going to need a TIA to see if there's any traffic impact Absolutely. on the surrounding area. That's correct. Well, guys, we could talk about this for Days and days and days. I know I learn everything. Uh, I learn something every time I talk to um, anybody in PCD about what's going on around town. But let's get down to streetscape because that is something that we are working on as a town. And um, that just is a beautiful sounding word. It's like streetscape masterpiece. We're going to make our streets beautiful. (laughs) Tell me more about streetscape. Yes, uh, we'd be happy to. So this is one of the kind of the long range um, elements that planning and community development does as a department. And we are currently developing a streetscape master plan for downtown Mooresville, uh, which is a project that David and I are working on. So what is a streetscape? Um, I like to describe it as the front porch of your Mm -hmm. downtown. Um, You know, the buildings are kind of like your house and the streetscape 
is the front porch. So it's part of the public realm. It's within the street right of way. And it's essentially the area from the front of the building to the back of the curb or the back of on-street parking if mm -hmm. you're in a downtown area. Um, and what elements we want on our front porch. You know, we want places for folks visiting downtown to be able to maybe stop, take a break, uh, sit on a bench. Mm -hmm. You want shade on your front porch, right? You don't want to be sitting in the sun. So we oh, have absolutely. landscaping elements um, where we have vibrant restaurants. We want to have space for folks to eat outside and enjoy the public space. Um, we also want to have safe pedestrian crossings within our streetscapes so folks can mill around downtown, uh, cross the street, and get to all the great businesses in downtown. So um, that's kind of generally what a streetscape is, um, how it functions. But, David, these play a really important role in downtowns. How can streetscape improvements um, help create a vibrant and sustainable downtown? Yeah, so um, I like the front porch analogy, right? I think that goes a long way. Um, so generally, if you think of a great place that you've spent time in, it might be close by or it might be even overseas. Generally, when you go into that place, the streetscape is a huge defining element of why you liked it. Oh, absolutely. Um, so a, a well-designed streetscape environment um, is a place that you feel comfortable in, that you want to spend time in. And ultimately, that benefits everybody. Um, that benefits the residents of the community. Um, because it's what we call a third place, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a place outside of home and work where you can go and see and be seen. So the more amenities, the more space you have to do that and go and see your neighbors and shop and spend time, maybe play with your kids, um, you know, the healthier it is for the community and for businesses around. Um, so like Will mentioned, some huge elements that really help make it a relaxing, comfortable, enjoyable place is tree plantings to provide a sense of enclosure um, to calm traffic. Um, you've got seating areas where um, a lot of times if you go to a place where your kids can play, but you can also hang out, maybe have a drink. Um, oh, as a parent, that is that is huge. That we is need huge. more of that in life. And, you know, if you if you have all of those elements combined close by, I mean, that really fosters a complete sense of community um, that most Americans, unfortunately, don't have access to. Mm -hmm. So, you know, our goal is to really create a place like that for the community. So what goes into planning a streetscape? That's a very big question. Um, <laughs> so especially when you're dealing with a historic downtown area, you've got decades of old infrastructure, both under the ground and on top of the ground. And you've also got constraints like uh, existing street right-of-ways that might never have been established or are narrower than you'd like. Sure. In our case, we've got a railroad that runs through the heart of downtown. We've got some challenging topography. So oh, We do. Uh, absolutely. So you have to take a look from an engineering perspective too, examine what you have and what you need to do to get there. Um, look at the infrastructure that you want to stay versus you want to add, mm -hmm. um, as well as you know the public engagement element. So we need to get an understanding from residents, from business owners, property owners, um, what do they want to see? Because ultimately it's their town. Right. So it sounds like a great balancing act um, that you have to perform of, mm -hmm what is desired yes. versus what can we do based on infrastructure, based on mm -hmm. the metrics that we're working mm -hmm. with, based on the funding sources that we have available. Yes. Um, 
So what, what's the plan for Mooresville? How, where are we in our Streetscape Balancing Act process? Well, first, well, and I know we're going to break soon, so we can continue this on the other side, but um, we had to develop a study area. Mm-hmm. So determine, hey, where are we looking for improvements? And we've got the historic core, mm-hmm. um, you know, essentially between Iredell Avenue and Center Avenue on Main Street, mm-hmm. uh, but we also have some parallel streets. We have Church Street, we've got Broad Street, we've got Academy Street, um, and then downtown Mooresville has been growing. You know, we've really got momentum on both sides of uh, the, the historic core. So going north kind of out towards Patisserie and then also going south to Marino Mill, which has been such a great project um, and improvement for the town. So we've got our study area defined mm-hmm. um, and then we've got to engage folks, as David mentioned. We've got a survey that's been live online for three weeks now. And we've had 700 responses so far. Oh, that's amazing. Um, you can find the link for the Downtown Streetscape Survey at mooresvillenc.gov backslash streetscape. And we're really looking forward to hearing from you because we're in that public input phase of the project. Now, do you have to be a resident of Mooresville to fill out that survey? Or can you just be a visitor to the area? Visitors can fill it out. So we're going to ask, um, you know, your zip code where you live. So we can kind of filter responses who are folks that uh, live in Mooresville, who are folks that are not from Mooresville. But we know that so many folks come to visit us um, for, for maybe one of our special events or just one of our great restaurants. Awesome. Well, that is mooresvillenc.gov slash streetscape if you want to fill out that survey. And we'll continue this discussion about our downtown streetscape master plan when we return. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Hometown Hour. We have been learning so much today about planning and community development. Um, I think every time that I talk to either one of you or anybody in PCD staff, I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. That's so interesting. All the the levels of long range and short range planning that you guys do, all of the processes that go into this, all of the things that have to be considered as you're working on any project, whether that's the long range or the short range planning, including our downtown streetscape master plan. And that is a mouthful this morning. Um, So what is the planning process? I know we talked about having um, public engagement, taking all of those wants and needs that different stakeholders may want to see, but also taking what we have to work with and marrying those two, working on this great balancing act to come up with a streetscape that serves the wants and needs of the public and the business community, but also works within what we can do, Mm -hmm. particularly in the historic area. So... Will, talk to us more about the planning process as as far as streetscapes go. Yes. So we kicked this plan off in July, mm-hmm. and we aim to wrap this plan up, and David will talk a little bit more about the outcomes um, and the deliverables in March. Um, so, you know, it's the better part of 10 months for a planning process. And as you mentioned, we've got a lot of existing conditions. So one of our first orders of business was data collection. And we had our engineering and design consultant go out into downtown Mm -hmm. in the entire study area. And you guys can check out a map of the study area at mooresvillenc.gov backslash streetscape. And they collected information on the position of the curb lines that we currently have. So what are we working with with our streets right now? Um, Where do we have street lights? Where do we have benches? 
Where do we have sidewalks? Where might we have deficiencies in those sidewalks? Where do we have landscaping? Do we have some street trees? Where do we have planters? So we've got a huge data set um, that shows the existing conditions of what we have in downtown, our mm -hmm. crosswalks, our traffic signals. I mean, almost anything you can imagine. Um, we also convened a steering committee. Uh, steering committees are very important to any planning process. The steering committee is made up of of course, some town department representatives. We want to have a wide cross-section. Um, we've got our fire department and our police department engaged um, to make sure that our streetscape continues to serve their needs for public safety. Absolutely. That's a, that's a huge thing. You don't want to make streets too narrow or impassable by our emergency responders. That's right. Uh, we've got NCDOT on our steering committee. There are some NCDOT maintained streets within our downtown core. Um, and then we've got a lot of representatives from our business community. We've got... Uh, the downtown Mooresville Commission mm -hmm. uh, that's represented, some other business owners that are on this steering committee as well. So we got them together early uh, to talk about the existing conditions and do a little visioning. Um, we've got public engagement right now that David's going to talk about a little more. And then towards the end of the process, we put draft ideas back out to the public. We get some more feedback uh, before ultimately wrapping up the plan in March. But right now it's all about public engagement and we've got a big two-day public engagement event coming up in November. Uh, David, tell us a little bit more about what we'll be doing November 15th and 16th. Absolutely. So we are very excited about this. Um, we are planning a two-day design workshop um, along with our consultants and our steering committee. Um, so this will be a full day opportunity from 9.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. on the 15th and the 16th um, for members of the general public to come um, contribute their comments and contribute their opinions on, on kind of what they want to see on the streetscape. Sure. Um, so we will have uh, urban designers present in the town hall boardroom um, throughout the day, uh, taking in the public comments that they've received and they, that they're going to be receiving throughout the day and actually designing elements of the streetscape in real time. Oh, wow. Um, so this will be kind of an iterative, um, higher level design that will, you know, of course, um, throughout the rest of the process will refine. Um, but this is going to be the most interactive level of public engagement in the project because you can drop by, leave your comment, uh, and, and then at the end of the process, there will be a two-hour kind of um, segment where we'll display what we came up with. So that'll be from 4 to 6 on the 16th. The public can come and um, look at the designs that the urban designers were able to, to develop based on their comments and uh, steering committee comments. Um, and, you know, it'll be, it'll be worked into the plan. So... Um, we're very excited about it, and we're excited to hear what everybody has to come up with. Now, you guys used a fancy term for yes. that that two-day meeting earlier. Yes. What's that term? That's also called a charrette. That's so fancy. Yes. That sounds like, that sounds like a um, razor brand, like Gillette, <laughs> <laughs> but very catchy. Yep. So the charrette, November 15th and 16th. Yes, ma'am. That's um, correct. Nine a.m. to 6 p.m.? Uh, 9.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. 9.30 6 p.m. gives you extra time to get that first cup of coffee. You That's don't have right. to stay for the whole thing. Nope. It's drop-in. Absolutely. And you can see your um, wants, your goals for downtown mm -hmm. streetscape added to the design in real time. That's and right. hopefully they'll make it to the, the final process. That's right. Yeah, and this is going to be so fun. Like planners, we love a good charrette, mm -hmm. um, partially because, you know, it, it's an open book. 
you know, throw your ideas out there. We use uh, we use trace paper. Mm-hmm. So I have big maps on tables, and then we'll have trace paper. We'll throw it over a section of downtown. We'll sketch out some ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really easy to do with trace paper. Crumble it up and throw it away. Yep. So, <laughs> you know, you can you can put your, your dreams out there. Say, well, what if we, you know, closed this one block for um, to vehicles uh, and threw a special event? Oh, wait, we already do that. But <laughs> <laughs> um, like all of our 150th events. Yeah. But, yeah, you can really come in and um, pencil out some ideas, see what works, see what doesn't mm-hmm. work, talk about it with the community. And, again, it's pretty easy to crumple it up and throw it away. Never have to see it again, uh, but we want to come up with a lot of different options. Mm-hmm. Speaking of those options, when we get to the final version of the plan, um, we want to do a couple things. One, we want to identify places in town where the town could potentially um, put forward a capital project over the next sure. five years, over the next 10 years, and the town could um, actually redevelop um, a couple blocks of our streetscape. So that might come with some utility improvements as well, like replacing old water lines. You can do a lot um, with one of those projects. And then we also want to develop a vision for some of the areas of downtown that we know are going to redevelop from the private sector. Mm-hmm. So great projects that have come in recently that are examples of this are the Mill One development. Sure. Um, Or the 222 South Main development. So we've got more opportunities in downtown for projects to come in. And we want to understand what our streetscape desires are. So when those projects come in, we can get a nice streetscape right from the beginning and begin uh, putting some pieces of the puzzle together. Um, Me personally, I see a lot of opportunity going south towards Mm -hmm. Merino Mill. Absolutely. Um, It's not that far from downtown. Uh, you can walk there right now. We do have a sidewalk, but it's not the most inviting pedestrian experience. But, you know, we've got the public library. We've got more park. We've got these other public spaces. You've got Whataburger, a lot of great stops yeah. along the way. <laughs> exactly. And so how can we tie these public spaces in so that we um, yeah, create a great experience, as mm-hmm. David said, um, a place outside of home and work for people to come and enjoy? Mm-hmm. And something that you touched on a minute ago about... Um, Kind of visionary planning, but planning for the what ifs, like the redevelopment of certain blocks or areas downtown. Um, that seems like an important part of what you do, thinking about those possibilities for the future, because what you would not want, as I understand very clearly from our engineering department multiple times, you don't want to build a nice new road, pave a nice new road, go through all this, this improvements, in this case, create a beautiful new streetscape, and then two years down the road, five years down the road, some redevelopment has to occur mm-hmm. and you have to rip up that wonderful design because of underlying utilities or other issues. So thinking a lot about the what ifs, that um, that sounds like it's an important part of what you do, not only with streetscape, but with all of planning. Absolutely. Um, when you, one of the reasons this master plan is so important is to get that understanding, mm-hmm. is to prioritize where, where is future capital projects, where are they best suited versus where do we leave this block or this um, section of Main Street to private development? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, and, and also, you know, in our data collection, we also are coordinating with our engineering and our utility departments to understand, okay, what's the time frame for existing town projects to maybe replace this sewer line um, or redo a water line over here so that Again, we're not ripping it up. So this master plan will take that all into account when it prioritizes um, which projects to take on first to make this streetscape a reality. 
Sounds like a whole lot of things to think about. Absolutely. Well, as you're thinking about um, design for our town, um, one of the greatest forms of flattery is to take ideas from other towns and other areas, um, other sources. What are some regional, local um, towns that have done a great job with streetscaping that we're looking to to kind of get some ideas from and see what may work in Mooresville? Yeah, well, I'll take this one and I'll let you uh, expand on it after the break, David, because I think we're just a couple minutes away. But I was just in Hendersonville, North Carolina, and I love what they've done with their downtown streetscape. And they were actually an early adopter of revitalizing their streetscape and kind of repurposing the space they had. They did a project back in 2006 um, that was a major streetscape project. It calmed traffic on Main Street. So they actually made the travel lane chicane and slightly curve, and they narrowed them up. So when people came to Hendersonville, they had to go slow, look at the shops, decide if they wanted to come and stay. Um, They rearranged parking. They kept the parking, but then they also added some great outdoor dining spaces. Um, We were able to have dinner out there when we were there last weekend, picking some apples and stuff with the family. So I love what they've done, and I've definitely looked at Hendersonville as inspiration. Um, The property values for the properties in downtown Hendersonville um, grew by 30%, the most in the entire county during their last four-year valuation. So we know that improving streetscapes um, can help improve property values in downtowns. That's Mm -hmm. fascinating. Let's um, talk more about that in our next segment and talk about maybe some other areas that we've um, gleaned some interest and some ideas from. Stay tuned, everybody. Well, welcome back to the Hometown Hour here on WSIC. This is Will Washam from the Town of Mooresville Planning and Community Development Department uh, here with your host, Megan Suber and David Cole. And we've been diving into some details about our downtown streetscape master plan project that's underway. And we were talking about some downtown streetscapes that we really enjoy. And Megan, where have you and the family been uh, recently that uh, you had a great experience on a downtown streetscape? Well, I've got a couple of examples um, that I like for a couple different reasons. Um, so first off, I think Statesville's done a great mm-hmm. job. And shout out to you, David. I know you worked at Statesville for a while. I think they've done a great job with all of the, the um, different trees, the different planters that they have out there. It really does change the dynamic of a space when you add in green things. Yes. It really does. Um, I'm going to say um, downtown Morganton. Um, mostly because that is the area that I'm from. And I think they have made huge improvements, even since I've left many, many years ago, to increase the walkability of the town, increase the activities that are available to residents and visitors, increase that that third space, like Mm -hmm. you were talking about. And then the last space, which is a little bit different, a little bit of a deviation, I like Um, Hilton Head. And it's not necessarily the downtown area of Hilton Head, but it's like the Caligny Plaza area right on the coast. There is um, great walkability, bikeability, multimodality transport, if you will, um, in that area that makes it such a wonderful feature. Every time that we go down to Hilton Mm -hmm. Head, we always want to stay near that area Mm -hmm. because of that, because we can get around, because there are the great shops. There are the great restaurants that we can easily get to. There is an absolutely fabulous park, which I hope both of you will take your children to if you ever go down there. Um, So I think 
all of the things that we've been talking about are really important, things that people may not necessarily consider when they're initially thinking about the downtown. But if you take a minute and think about what you like about places that you've been, mm-hmm. these are things that we can bring to your hometown as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and David, before we ask you about some of your favorite streetscapes, I do want to remind folks of some events that are happening this month in Mooresville. Um, this Thursday, this week, in just a couple of days, Black Mooresville, The Untold Story Parts 2 and 3 will be screening at the Charles Mack Citizen Center in downtown Mooresville. Patrons are invited to join us for the first screening of Black Mooresville, The Untold Stories Parts 2 and 3 on the 26th at 7 p.m., um, just after the United States Air Force Band will be at the Mooresville Performing Arts Center in downtown Mooresville. This is the premier band, uh, band and vocal ensemble of the U.S. Air Force. So, David, with that, did I give you enough time to think about uh, some of your favorite downtown streetscapes? Absolutely. Um, and, Megan, I'm so happy you mentioned Hilton Head. So we actually took our family there over the summer. Did you really? Uh, yes, we did. And we stayed um, within about a five-minute walking distance of Caligny Park Plaza. And it really does, walkability changes the way you interact with the place and just how Absolutely. you feel about visiting a place. So like I mentioned in the beginning of the show, we have a two-year-old, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's very different loading up the van full of beach toys and said two-year-old to get to the beach versus just getting to put everything in a wagon and walk right there. So we weren't beachfront, but because they had such great infrastructure, we were able to get there easily. And therefore our whole experience, I mean, was so much easier and so much more enjoyable. Did you hit up the Celebration Park while you were there? We sure did. Fabulous feature. A lot of fun, a lot of fun. And again, that's a great example of a place where parents and children can kind of interact. And it's a place designed for both. Um, And that's really how you foster that sense of community. Um, And one great streetscape downtown area that I'd like to mention from around here is downtown Hickory. Um, So they were kind of a trailblazer um, in creating the Union Plaza Mm -hmm. um, several decades ago. And they recently did a great project to upfit it, um, you know, add some new uh, restrooms and new landscaping and an enhanced plaza area for people to hang out again and to enjoy and to shop. Um, and we were just there a few weekends ago for their Oktoberfest festival. Oh, and that yeah. was just, it, again, it really reminded me of almost a European style plaza, right? And it's truly the core of the community where you can see and be seen. Um, and Hickory's also done a great job of kind of connecting that core with greenway trails and different multimodal elements to other parts of the community. Um, so that's really something that I'm hoping we can model here in Mooresville. Absolutely. And Hickory, um, being a um, longstanding community, mm-hmm. it's got historic features in its downtown, Absolutely. much like Mooresville. So historic preservation mm-hmm. is a huge part yes. of um, the planning process. We don't mm-hmm. want to wipe out all of our history. We're celebrating no. 150 years this year. So history mm-hmm. is incredibly important um, to the town of Mooresville and, and preserving what we can mm-hmm. and preserving that uh, the structural integrity, the the original buildings, the original mm-hmm. features where we can. Talk to us a little bit mm-hmm. more about historic preservation and what role it plays in our community. Absolutely. Um, so historic preservation is incredibly important for a community. And you really can boil it down to preserving places, preserving buildings and sites mm-hmm. that tell the story of your community. 
So um, historic preservation also, you know, when you kind of identify these are our historic neighborhoods, these are our historic landmarks, um, and we want to to keep them um, looking like they did when they were originally constructed or when they were significant to our community. When we do that, that really connects us to the past, that connects us to the past generations that built our community. Um, and in doing so, um, you cultivate a sense of place, um, you identify as a community together, what do we value? And then also that's a driver when you maintain a sense of place, when you have historic structures that you're able to kind of use to say in a streetscape plan, define the materials you use, mm -hmm. you expand that sense of place. That's good for new visitors. That's good for business. Um, um, but it's just extremely important as a community to retain um, that connection to the past. Absolutely. And that's what we're trying to do downtown. That's why we have what's called a local historic district. And I think it's, it's important to remember that with historic preservation, you're mm -hmm. not just keeping that historic building mm -hmm. in the the condition that it's in. Correct. Which at, in, with some historic buildings may mm -hmm. be not very usable. That's right. You are taking the historic features mm -hmm. and making them usable for our community and, yes. and preserving that feature. Um, I think a great example of this that I was actually in last week is mm -hmm. Mac on Main. Yes. And how they have taken that um, that building mm -hmm. and you can, you can walk in and you can see the oh, doors yeah. and you're like... Oh, this yes. is not something you buy at Lowe's or Home Depot. This right. is this is really has character. And mm -hmm. how can we utilize this space mm -hmm. and the materials in a new and innovative way mm -hmm. that keeps it in our community? Absolutely. Um, what we do in Mooresville, I would actually call historic rehabilitation. So we're taking buildings mm -hmm. that um, and repurposing them for new modern uses. And Mac on Main is a great example of that. So um, that second story in that building hadn't been used for decades. And now um, they've kind of expanded it and they've uh, allowed modern office uses to come in and occupy it. So that's generating new foot traffic downtown. Um, and in doing so, that's actually preserving the building. And that's lengthening the life of the building by allowing it to continue to be used. Um, and so that that is an excellent example of historic preservation in Mooresville. And we're very excited that that happened downtown. And I think really lengthening the life is a great catchphrase mm -hmm. for this whole show. Mm -hmm. Lengthening the life of our historic buildings, lengthening mm -hmm. the life of our community by the long range strategic planning by making sure that we we say, here is our vision. Here's what mm -hmm. we want to be as a community and by using those um, guiding documents like the Unified Development Ordin Ordinance to help us get there mm -hmm. and help us stay on track with what the vision is. Absolutely. So guys, closing thoughts about planning and community development. If you had one question that you could answer to the public about what you do in planning and community development, what would it be? You know, I'd say that a lot of times we're educators um, you know, we exist to serve the public. So when we're doing these plans and we're doing public engagement, um, you know, we want to help explain the purpose of it, explain how it works so that you as the public can provide us the best feedback possible. So, yeah, I'd, I'd like to say that in planning and community development, one of our most important roles is being educators, being mm -hmm. teachers. And and I would I would echo, echo that. Um, we're also facilitators. So we're the ones who take that public vision 
and refine it into actionable steps for the community. And as we've heard today, that those actionable steps take a lot of back-end work, a lot Absolutely. of balancing of needs and priorities and wants and what we can do mm-hmm. as a community. Um, well, thank you so much for all of the work that you do, Will and David. Um, thank you for, for keeping our community visioned and um, keeping us on track, making us a um, community that has great walkable and livable space that people want to mm-hmm. be a part of. Uh, coming up, just a couple more things we're going to hit. We have Coffee with a Cop coming up tomorrow at the Starbucks and Medical Park Road um, with the Mooresville Police Department. Um, you guys, please come out to that. Will, I know you like some coffee. David, I have a feeling you do, too. Um, but that is a, a great event, and um, Starbucks always does it upright when we head out there. So Coffee with a Cop tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m., at the Medical Park Road, and then also want to um, put out there for our community, we have a drug take-back event coming up this Saturday, um, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Cannon Pharmacy, Um, and that is an opportunity for anybody to bring prescription drugs, syringes, anything that's either expired, unwanted, unused, unneeded, bring it. No questions asked. We will take all of... um, these uh, prescription medications, syringes, whatever they are, and destroy them safely so that they don't end up in the hands of the wrong people, whether that's family members or community members. Mm-hmm. So again, drug take back event this Saturday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Cannon Pharmacy. Will, David, thanks mm-hmm. for being with us today. Been a pleasure. Thank you. Yes, it's been great uh, to be in the studio. Thank you, WSIC. We'll see you next week. The new 105.9, 100.7 WSIC, Statesville, Mooresville, North Charlotte.